0: hey what's up y'all it's will with schedule fly and this is a a deep conversation van nolantha who is an owner at bit amanda and brewery bavana uh, has been a friend for a few years we filmed the story of bit amanda a couple of years ago it's a great story it's on our website um amazing story so we didn't get into the sto- that story and we didn't talk a lot about bit amanda oh, we did talk about it some but when we talked about his second project brewery bavana and how that came to be and this place is a very unique establishment uh, it's a combination of a brewery a bookstore a flower shop and a dim sum restaurant and somehow it works magically well Go to their website, BreweryBavana.com. Bavana is spelled B-H-A-V-A-N-A. BreweryBavana.com or check their Instagram uh, just for for pictures of this amazing place. We talked about that and then we got into life and self-care and mental health and the issue of drugs and alcohol and the hospitality business and... Finding Purpose and Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech. I mean, we really got, do- we, we just dove deep into subjects that you will all relate to. These are not, uh, you know, restaurant-specific tactics, if you will. This is, um, these are these are life issues and particularly things that restaurant owners face. And Van is very attuned and dialed in to ensuring that he and his team have the right balance, have purpose, have intention, have love, have diversity, have appreciation for each other and the people they serve. Just a a phenomenal guy. I I have so much respect for Van. I learned tons from him every time I speak with him and I am uh, thankful that we had this opportunity y'all enjoy all right we are live what's up y'all this is Will with Schedule Fly, and I'm here in Raleigh today with Van Nalintha. uh Van is co-owner of Bitamanda and Brewery Bavana and we're in Brewery Bavana right now uh so folks if you're listening we um had the fortunate opportunity to share van's story van and his sister van visa we shared their story for bit amanda on film a couple years ago and if you'd like to watch that i think is it on your site is it on bit amanda's site
1: i'm not sure i I think it is i think it is i think it's still
0: on there um if it's not then uh come to schedule floss site we have it there too um so we we're not going to get into the bit amanda story we've told that since then uh brewery bavana has opened uh, and how how long has it been?
1: We just turned uh, two and a half. Two so, and a half. So two God, and a half years. Has it been that long? It really, time flew. Wow.
0: So we'll talk, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Brewery Bavanna because this place is not what anybody that, you know, is thinking of a brewery in their, in their, their mind. This is a very unique place. <laughs> We're sitting here looking at fresh flowers, books. The, the design here is off the charts fantastic. Um, so... Van, um, let's talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into sort of some mental health, physical health, work-life balance, (laughs) telling stories, and all that kind of stuff.
1: The the, the state of things.
0: Yeah, the state of things. But tell me about, because I remember you telling me about Brewery Bivana, and you told me before this, you said, would you believe that we're going to have this brewery, but it's also going to have flowers and books and all this stuff? And I was like... No, I cannot envision that in my mind, but I'm sure I remember thinking to myself, if somebody can pull it off, it's Van. So so give me the backstory a little bit about how this all came together with you and Patrick and the whole story.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you're here. It's good to see an old friend. Yes. Um, the, the the genesis of Buri Bavana is an interesting one because my sister and I are not, you know, professional or at least professionally trained chef, So, opening more restaurants or more concepts has never been a part of our journey. Um, What really got started was uh, meeting Patrick, my friend Patrick Woodson, that just uh, he and his wife were doing some time in Uganda uh, working as Peace Corps volunteers. And they came to visit their parents. Um, We met at uh, Bidamanda and uh, we really fell in love with each other's lives and our common love for the city of Luang Prabang, where I'm from. Because Patrick and Aubrey uh, took some time after Peace Corps and traveled around the world and fell in love with that city. So we shared this love for this place that Visa and I came from. um, And our parents are still there. So that relationship just evolved over time, and, and and we really wanted to do something together. And Patrick, um, it's just a phenomenal um, brewmaster. Um, so you didn't know him
0: before he came to Bitamanda. No, time. They, we, it was Laotian, and he shared, "Hey, I've been to Wampapang, and and then that yeah, what, okay, okay. It, it was it was that's table amazing. seven, and wow.
1: I I love sharing that story because I think it really captured the spirit of how this whole thing came to be. Mm that um, when you zoom into each of the four offerings here the, the flower shop, the bookstore the dim sum restaurant and the brewery piece, you, you begin to see um, people and faces and stories and, and relationships um, Brewery Bhavana was never a concept um, there's no reason why b- Belgian beer and Chinese cooking should be <laughs> paired <laughs> along with books on you know self care and, and flower shop so um, everything that we do here uh, has someone behind that we really love and we always talked about this is what happens when you put you know, people that you love in one room and, and allow everyone to, to dream together and the product is this uh, living room for the city um, we love getting to be a part of facilitating new relationships for mm-hmm. people from all walks of life to have this third place this common space uh, 9,000 square feet um, 9,000 yeah to just be together and connect so that's how it all came to be was just a a respond to the relationships in our lives and um, so it's been two and a half years two and a half years how's it going it's going really well. You know, there's so many exciting things happening in Raleigh right now, um, including uh, Moore Square Park. Oh, it's awesome. Just, I'll put some yes, pictures of that up on the Instagram It, it, so it truly is a, a remarkable moment. Um, the park has been, you know, under construction, but it has been over 10 years since the design process has been on the table. Really? And uh, we have been working really hard telling the story of this neighborhood at Bidamanda, now at Bri for so long. So seeing that whole neighborhood growing up and maturing and being loved and cared and being visited has been such a remarkable thing to observe. How long was it? Being renovated was it renovated? i mean it's been there a long time right yeah a long was- time i think at least at least 2 to 2 years has so been you know yeah. the park has been closed it's been closed i mean they had it
0: fenced up and closed mm-hmm. off and okay yeah it's beautiful they did a great job so i mean there's a lot of people over there right now tons yeah families yeah, yeah. absolutely um well okay van so i don't want you know as i told you um i really want to get into some stuff not just the traditional Stuff you might talk about with an owner of a hospitality business, but, um, uh, in terms of, you know, lease negotiations and hiring staff, but sort of the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, talk to me about, because you're really, you've always been dialed into, as you said, you've got books here on self care. You've, you've really been closely connected with, um, your and your team's well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with you, you, Bitamanda, you, you, you take them out of town for a few days every year on a trip. I've always just been so impressed with how aware you are of the importance of that, and I'm just want to learn from you where that comes from and what that means to you and why that's important and and uh, those types of things, mm-hmm. because it's something that I feel like is a i 'm forty five now It took me a long time to really fully come to appreciate that i 'm still on that journey. I think you 've been on a long time, and i 've really learned a lot from you so i'm just curious the the genesis of of uh, your realization of how important these things outside of just you know mm-hmm. what happens at work are for for you and for your team
1: yeah, I, I think you know we spend a lot of time. At the restaurant or in the industry in general, you know, thinking about what it's like to care for someone. Yeah. You know, at a giving night, we have a family grieving a loss. We have people falling in love at our restaurants. We have reunions. We have people saying, I love you. I'm sorry. You know, we, we, we a lot of things, a lot of life happen at a restaurant, And our job, you know, if we do it well, is that we show up fully um, with all the nuance and complexities of who we are and really show up to that guest, to that moment, to that experience. And if we truly are going to be a facilitator of some of life's richest, biggest moments for other people caring for ourselves and truly being centered in our own journey is necessary so it's not it's not that somehow this is a side product of you know self-care that life and work are, are different but truly if, if we are going to curate and facilitate life greatest moments for other people we really have to show up fully and whole and how do we do that in the industry that can be transactional and transitional. Um, I think we have a long history of really um, troubling culture in mm-hmm. the industry. You know, late night, lots of drugs and alcohol. Yep. Um, cash. Um, Self care is not a part of um, historically how we approach this. In this industry, but what what we have learned uh, over the past, you know, almost ten years now is that. a lot of people find themselves in the industry doing transitions right uh, we have folks just graduating from college waiting for that first 95 job we have folks moving into town we have mm-hmm. a lot of artists that that, that really um, see that the restaurant industry as a as, a, as something that allowed them to be creative on the side so people are um, becoming people are in transition mm-hmm. And if we are intentional about development and what does it mean to care for our team doing moments of transition, that's pretty powerful. And I think we all have experienced that, right? When, yeah. when 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 we when when we are going through change, that's really when we are most vulnerable, um, positive and negative. Mm. So for a lot of our staff who are in their seasons of transitions, for us to um, Set intentions and set go, and hold each other accountable for compassion and empathy, and that is a pretty enriching process and journey for us. That that you know, we, I talked a lot about um, wanting to make sure that whatever or however long our time with our staff lasts, that they leave this place more courageous, more, more courageous. whole. Mm more um, true to who they are capable of being. And the reason why we focus so much on personal development and self-care is because it's necessary.
0: How do you foster um, that level of vulnerability? That's a hard thing for a lot of people, isn't it? To be vulnerable, particularly around maybe people that you work with.
1: I think so. I think vulnerability is really hard for this culture in general, not just in the industry, but in the Western culture, because I think it it can be perceived to be a sign of weakness. Right. I think vulnerability is a part of it. I think the larger conversation is how do we live a a purposeful life? Okay. Yeah. And... um, it, it really starts with our uh, our interview process, for example, when we are sitting with our staff for the first time asking why this is important to them, why being a dishwasher is important to their life process, why being a server is meaningful to their lifelong goal. And for some people, it's you know wanting to get to know the community better. For some people, it's wanting to practice patience, whatever it is. Mm. If we somehow can identify... Um, what purpose looks like and what um, what is meaningful um, to our staff I think it's easier to ask for vulnerability and compassion and patience and generosity but we have to create that space first of, of what allowing our staff to define for themselves what does success look like in this relationship
0: okay that's what I want to ask you is is the purpose portion of this so many people don't sometimes know what their purpose is they're particularly younger folks that that may be often employed in hospitality they're they're struggling with uh, what their purpose is it takes some of us mm-hmm. a really long time to find that is so is it not is it necessarily something that you're you're not looking for people that have that purpose you're looking for people that are maybe searching or both and your job is to help foster that and maybe help m- 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 help mm-hmm. people mold that is that right is that fair
1: i think i think that's fair and i think purpose can be a personal journey mm. But a lot of time, purpose is a sense of belonging. I think purpose is uh-huh. when you feel like okay. you're part of a, a, a set of belief, a culture, yes. um, values, and our hope is that when we find people who share similar values that we carry, that along the way, that relationship deal into, you know, their own personal purpose, whatever it is that they want to do and achieve in life. But I think it, 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 it begins with a commitment to one another and to say we believe that generosity matters in the world. We believe that self-care is important to this process and believe that harmony and balance in life are sacred things in order for, for us to care for our guests. So I think it, it begins with asking our staff um, to see themselves as a part of something much bigger. And, and, and when that commitment is there i think we both surrender to this vision and everything else is a part of that process but it really begins from from aligning ourselves with one another uh, through the shared values that we we hold
0: yeah yeah it's um it's it's neat watching the industry move more in that direction that's certainly not the history of this industry there was a lot of well, you know, just um, chefs known for yelling at staff and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of a top-down approach. And you really have a, a very different way of looking at it. And you mentioned the, the, the sometimes, you know, you, you have the, the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse in this industry. It's hard nights. It's late nights. It's, it's a natural fit. There is a guy in Charleston, South Carolina, Steve Palmer. He's a customer mm-hmm. of ours, uh, the Indigo Road Group. Who started an organization uh, helping to promote sobriety? Yes. Do you know about it? Mm-hmm. Is it Ben Ben's friends? Is that? What? Yeah, I think it's Ben's friends. If, hey. if it's not, folks, I'll correct it. But I just found out about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing because now they're opening chapters in different cities. Like they started there, and now they, I think he was just in Austin doing their initial opening there. And that's such a healthy thing for for this, and it's needed. It's very needed for this industry. Uh, it's wonderful to see. Owners like yourself, like Steve, and like so many others, and so many others here in Raleigh, that mm-hmm. really are truly and genuinely and authentically uh, m- more focused on those types of issues than the bottom line. I mean, the bottom line takes care of itself when we when we take care of these things in a lot of ways, doesn't it?
1: Yes, I I, I agree. I think the the focus is shifting now. Um, what what I do like to you know i think it's easy for us to see these cultural um the the cultural work that we do to be oh that is just something that van does so that's something that steve does that's, hmm. not, that's not what we do right and and seeing that almost as a goodwill project um i think it's important for us in the in the industry in the community to realize that um this is not just goodwill this is actually good Business practice too, yes. Yes. that um, that when there is vulnerability and, and, and generosity and compassion and, and self-care, you know retention is it's high, and um, and and people show up more professionally to work, and then we are able to get to the hospitality component of what we do because mm. people are more um, heard and seen and cared for, and people build a career on this industry. So it's, this is not just goodwill. But this is, this is also good business practice because we need to get to a place where it doesn't matter if it's a small family-run restaurant to a big corporation that we see culture and community building as a part of, of, of why this industry should thrive and not just something that we do on the side because someone believes that it's important.
0: You know, it's, it starts with the smaller Places and the independent places. I, I got to tell you though, Van. I really, this is a fascinating concept to me. Which is, all my life in business, I've always felt like if you focus on the things that are not measurable, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what you just discussed, the measurable things take care of themselves. But it is very hard, and particularly in this culture, in a Western culture, we we tend to promote focusing on those. This is you know there's first level and there's second level. First <laughs> level is what can I measure, and how, and as you get, as you grow, though the the challenge I think is, and I don't think it's just with hospitality; I think it's any industry. That's correct. Banks or what I mean, you know, whatever it is, the more you grow, the harder it is to scale that type of focus, Mm -hmm. particularly because you get to a point where you have to start hiring in executives and they're, and they're siloed with like these responsibilities and improving, you know, profit margin or improving. And then you, so then it becomes measurable and then it's, and then you kind of, all that stuff gets, Mm -hmm. it's a really fascinating thing. It's why I'm, I'm, we, we literally like every single day we wake up, all five of us I don't want this to be about schedule five, but we wake up and we just say how thankful we are that we get to serve the people we serve, which are 99% are, are independent restaurants and are mm-hmm. people like yourself that, you know, they have one, two, three, five, ten 10 locations. And, but they're able to really, um, keep that focus on those types of things. And we just feel so blessed for that because I guess it's the same way, you know, it's the same philosophy that maybe we have.
1: Yeah you are absolutely right um going from bidamanda where we had 40 staff to um bri bavana which is over 200 has yeah. been a really massive transformation and we ask ourselves um every day you know what 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 does it look like for us to contain uh, main, maintain the culture and continue to do this work of generosity and compassion and i think it's really possible and yeah. i think what make it possible is realizing that what we are serving is not beer it's not food it's not flowers it's not books you know what we are serving is is a feeling mm. and if 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 we continue to focus on what it is that we are serving then i think it's possible to maintain the kind of culture again because this is not just like a side project that we do this is fundamental to who we are it's It's it's, your foundation it's the foundation yeah so it's it's really remarkable when someone leaves the restaurant and say whoa you know we felt something yeah um and 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 that's something that emotional reaction takes a lot of work it's not just by nature of doing good It, it it takes a staff that believe in what we do it takes intentional it takes accountability. Uh, we spent the past few months really working on what that looks like long-term. Um, uh, we have been developing our leadership um, manual. Um, what does it mean to lead and not just manage? Um, yes. We, we mm. define um, Simon Sinek as one of the lead um, thinker in this. Um uh, that management is about the tangible, right? You you manage data, you manage outcome, you manage profits. But leadership, it's a human enterprise. Mm. We are dealing with motivation. We are dealing with conflict resolution. Yeah, <laughs> We are dealing with, with, with how do we create a culture where people become the best versions of themselves within. So we are taking our... Um, all about leaders, we are having our very first institutional uh, community-wide leadership retreat to Kinston this weekend, all 40 of us, oh, wow. to really um, engage with that question of what does it mean to lead and not just manage. Simon
0: Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, right? I've seen some mm-hmm. of his videos.
1: Yeah, he t- he's really a, a remarkable thinker. Um, I got hooked the first time when I heard him speak about his book, uh, Start With Why, mm-hmm. that we know what we do. Yeah. Some some of us know how we do it, but rarely do uh, we and institutions and community know why yeah. uh, we do what we do. And what we are hoping to do at Buribavana and at Bidamana is that we always begin with why and from the from, from how do we set the table like why is that table setting that way you know we talk about feng shui we talk about energy we are talking about this is a best offering to mm. our guests yeah so once we are able to articulate why we do what we do and then communicate how we achieve that before we get to the what I think so often this culture we jump too quickly into what it is to that what. we do agree the management of things the tangible things yes. in life yeah absolutely beautiful uh, Kinston huh Kinston Where? where why Kinston uh, I I love Vivian you know I love what she is doing uh, in that community and, and I think tell Kin- her about who Vivian is I so know who she is. yeah Vivian it's uh, Vivian Howard is a chef um, from Kinston North Carolina a really really small town and her and her husband Ben and their kids moved from New York um, after a very successful career in New York back home to Kinston to um, open a restaurant chef and a farmer um, where she sourced locally employed locally and really create this model of what it means to transform the entire structure and fabric of a small town through food and hospitality Mm. and she has been a role model a friend so our very first retreat will be in Kingston where we'll get to spend a lot of time with her and Sam Jones Mm and 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 really allow our uh, managers um our leaders really to to really connect what we do to a much larger um, really campaign on how to do this work well um globally nationally and we are not the only one that's trying to do this intentional work well
0: no you're not but it's it's you you certainly are at the uh tip of the spear of this stuff if you will um do you, how I, you're so busy. I mean, I follow you on it's Like you're, <laughs> I don't know if there's just one you. Sometimes I wonder if you have like cloned yourself. Cause you, you have, you're all over the place. You do so much. You stay so busy. How do you van find the balance to take care of yourself physically, mm. emotionally, mentally,
1: I is wish. that something you,
0: you, you work on? I mean, is it I, yeah. and there probably is not an, I mean, it's just, and it, but I, I just, um, I ask myself that I wonder
1: how does Van like how yeah. does he do it? I I, I I wish that I say I have arrived at balance and harmony. You know, I think the the the, the, the reality of it is that it's it's a process and mm-hmm. I think it's a journey toward um, balance and harmony that is worthwhile, um that I think will we'll spend the rest of our life in that journey of not yeah. arriving. Um, but yes, this year has been um, an incredible year for me personally um, as far as self care. Um, I, you know, I think there was a moment uh, a couple of years ago um, when we uh, we won a really big award, a national award, um, and I remember standing in the um, and receiving the award, and I I wasn't able to feel joy. I really? just I just looked around and and it was great, right? Our yeah, friends yeah. were there, our staff were there. Yeah, it was it was such a tremendous moment, and 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 a great achievement that so many pu- people put into it. But as someone who has really worked hard my whole life to be really aware of how I am mm-hmm. emotionally and internally and spiritually, yeah, I knew that the in the quality of my feeling didn't align with what that moment is asking for. Okay. I, I I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel excitement. I just felt flat. And I knew at that moment that, that some things have to change. The yeah. the, the the foundation of how I spend my time and how I care for myself has to change. And that really began, a, you know, a journey for me of what does that look like? What does that mean to Yeah. Make sure that I show up fully. If, if you know, this this work takes a lot of us um, us to be fully committed emotionally, sure. And um, if I lose that, you know, that would be a tragic. So um, I have been working really hard over the past four months or so in being active physically, yeah. Um, and spending time um, doing a lot of writing and reflection. Um, about why we do what we do and what does it look like. What do you do with that writing? Who, who, who sees that writing? Not many people. Um, okay. I think it's, it's really a personal, um, a personal processing, uh, a place of processing. Um, I'm fortunate that I have a lot of mentors in my life, so moments like that really ask me to reach out to those mentors and say, um, I, I need you. <laughs> Business mentors, personal, both? Who, who are some of your mentors? Um, I, um, I have a few. Uh, Dr. Janice Odom was the um, director of the scholarship program that I was a part of at NC State yep. called the Cobble Fellows Program, and she really has become a friend and a mentor and, and a really a great place of um, resting and reflection for me. She asked really hard questions. Um, uh, John Repico, um Let she, me
0: stop you real quick. Yep. What do you mean by she asked really hard questions? Does she make you is a lot of the why questions? A what? lot
1: of the why questions. Yeah. And I think she, um, we met when it was 18 years old. Okay. Um, and she has seen me change and evolve over time. Yeah. Um, a good example, you know, I was pre-med mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my entire undergraduate career, and I asked Dr. Odom to uh, write me a recommendation letter to medical school. And that was the moment when she just came really strong and you know really asked a lot of why questions on, mm-hmm. on wh- why is that, you know. I think it's really rare in life when you have people that you trust and love you unconditionally while still um, are able to ask those Really difficult questions. Um, She's one of those people for me over over the time, over the years.
0: That's true. That's somebody that loves you enough to put the mirror back to you Mm -hmm. to to help you really understand why. Yes, that's a deep connection and a true loving relationship. Somebody that cares very much.
1: Clearly, it it truly is a gift, and um, I'm 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 grateful to have many people like that in my life. Um,
0: talk about well, okay. So you mentioned physical and, I mean, one thing I've really started to figure out over the last few years is, once again, it's often not measurable, but it and, but like it's helped me so much personally and professionally to force myself it used to be forced now it's Mm -hmm. like I can't go without exercise yes Uh, sunlight fresh air uh, peace and quiet Mm -hmm. Um, and good sleep yes what I what do I consume what do I put in my I've really started to learn like you are what you eat right it's amazing how those things are if you can it it, first of all it's hard to get all that yeah you kind of do have to work because our culture and Really is there's a lot of forces pulling against that mm-hmm. all the time, but gosh, I feel like if you can get those basic things down, and good friendships and relationships, I would add to that. You know that you take time for. Yes. You can do anything. I, it's I, like
1: you're become a superhero <laughs> almost. Uh, you know what I
0: mean? Is that yeah. crazy? I,
1: it's it's wow that the foundation is what we don't focus on in this yeah, culture. And yeah. I, you know. Rituals have always been a really important component of mm-hmm. my life, and has been really helpful in this season of self care yeah um, is to create a ritual that i can um, that I can stand behind and that I can hold myself accountable for um, so around that same time of 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 discovering that I really need to um, I need to work on 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 self care I change from okay i'm I'm going to work out three times a week to I'm going to work out every day mm, yeah and 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 that changed everything for me when it goes from a choice to a part of your ritual, yes. your rhythm right, and there are a lot of small small things that I added to my daily ritual that has transformed into a lifestyle that has transformed the way I breathe the way I live, the way yes. I process the world. Mm. Um, that that has become one of the most sacred things in my life is identifying what small things do I want to add to my daily ritual. Yes. So it's not a choice. Yes. And, and walking has been a part of that. I've been walking and running every day uh, for the past for the since the commitment. Another thing that I have added to my ritual is spending time in my garden. And I have been growing <laughs> so That's many, awesome. so many different things um, at home. Yeah, and I, I, I just forgot how much joy seeing life, and you know, seeing things change from from seeds to plant to flowers to giving it to someone. Um, so I, I, you know, you asking about how I, I really ask and invite you to explore. What are some things that you do every day that you want to subtract? Yeah. And what are things you do every day yes. that you want to add yes. to your daily ritual? Because those, are, those add up to be my mental life change.
0: Subtraction is something I'm very,
1: very um,
0: high on. Uh, we, whether it's things you consume or things that consume your time that you do every day, removing things sometimes can be Mm -hmm. more powerful than adding, um, in the sense that there may be parts of your daily ritual that have become part of the ritual, but maybe Mm -hmm. you're not necessary or healthy. Correct. Um, So removing is a big thing. I believe that. And, and you uh, subtracting or keeping things simple is such an important thing i mean you clearly do that here like everything in here is beautiful but it's simple is that Mm -hmm. fair i mean is that something you've because i i just i look around and it's just i mean like the taps there that's beautiful very simple uh very
1: clean yeah gives you a calming sense yeah i think simplicity it's some of the hardest achievement Mm -hmm. in life yes because I think it really demands us to ask what is essential. um right. and what is ask, ask why not a lot, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, when we were designing this space, you know, and, and for those that haven't visited Brewery Bavana, you notice immediately that this is not where the production facility is, right? Right. And for so long, I think as th- the industry, as long as you see stainless steel tanks, that's a brewery. Yeah. But but when you don't have stainless steel tanks to rely on, it it asks you critically and deeply. So what is a brewery? Yeah, and I think yeah. for us, if a brewery without stainless steel tanks to rely on, it's about it's really about community building. It's really historically that's how it happened. Yeah, it's where it's where people get together, and how do we create a space that honor. Um, the connections that happen within without the destruction of TV, right. uh, the, the big screen TVs and the yep. giant tab handles. So the, this space is really um, about honoring that spirit of human connections that a brewery stands for and represents. You know, one of the things that
0: you, the community and the dialogue and the discourse and the relationships that you're trying to foster Um, are so, I think that's another part that's so every day it's becoming more and more important in our culture to have those things because every, particularly with these devices that you and I have sitting here, there's so much discourse and toxic discourse Mm -hmm. going on with two thumbs and a screen and, social media, the, the, the back and forth that it's, it's horrifying. Um, and I find that it's, it's so much easier for people to be mean or ugly or distrustful, you know, when you're not in front of mm-hmm. the person, right. You know, the, the things that you might type, even in a text are so different than what happens when you're sitting in front of somebody looking in their eyes mm-hmm. and speaking to them that's a real true authentic human interaction and it helps us relate to people so much better than un- the un- and there's many good things about the connectivity we have today but it's becoming more and more concerning to me the what that can do to our our sort of our our discourse as a society so I'm I love guess this is a very long-winded way of saying i really enjoy now and i'm learning to appreciate now more just the time to sit and talk to people mm-hmm. people i know people i don't know and that happens really in a hospitality that's where it, exactly where we can all where else do you do that you don't it, particularly not with a diverse cross-section of people i mean typically if you're you know if you're at work gosh in corporate america you're around a lot of people that have the same agenda and objective and so on and so forth you don't find that diversity anywhere else yes and it's almost like i almost like i wish i could go like to a place like this where they literally force you to like you can't smoke in here how about just take the cell phone and drop it in a bucket on the way and if you want to use it remember how you used to have to go outside to smoke like maybe you have to go outside to use your (laughs) cell phone so that you're forced to have that I I don't I mean I'm not saying you should do that I'm just saying that like I almost need that sometimes because I feel like this thing can be such a distraction it's hard to pull away from
1: it but when I do
0: when I'm able to oh it's just that's a part of mental health now
1: don't you think? I, I, I completely agree and I think it's the technology well the negative impact of technology acknowledging that they're positive I think everything has become so polarized too Mm. yes you know we are going through a season of leadership crisis yeah um, and everything get really polarized to the part where we no longer see the gray spaces we don't see um, the details of the policy that we are talking about the, the impact it has on real people and that's why I love what we do, you yeah. know. That's why I love what we do because opening a restaurant is an extremely political act. <laughs> because you in a in, in in a local scale, in 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 places that impact the most, you put people who are different in one place. Hmm. You you humanize every single topic that you can imagine. It is all surface in a restaurant. Yeah immigration <laughs> LGBTQ rights you know yeah. city planning gentrification all mm. of those things touch and over, overlaps at restaurants yes. and it's almost impossible to not see the humanity of all of those different topics in this setting yeah, because you you get to witness lives at restaurants. you get to feel the culture where those people and places are coming from. yeah uh, I mentioned earlier to you of wanting to um, really focus on storytelling of our staff. You know We yes. have over two hundred staff now, and every single time I get to have a glass of wine with my staff i 'm completely in awe of their courage and the the complexity and the diversity of their stories and Again and again and again and again and say, imagine if my guests, you know, if our community gets yes. to hear those stories too, totally. then you would think about immigration differently. You would think about city planning differently, and um, so you're right. Restaurants are one of those rare spaces that exists that still offer a small glimpse into a humanity of a place, mm-hmm. and without that. All we see are these polarized checkbox that, okay, are you pro-choice? or are you pro-life? Right. Are you pro-development yep. or pro-neighborhood? But that's not how communities work. So I'm, I'm so proud that this is the kind of work that we get to do, mm-hmm. um, that what we are serving is not just food and drinks, but what we are telling is a story of a place and the people that they came from that is so relevant to where we are in the world right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope you um, find the time and the means and the uh, mechanism to tell some of those stories and, and we'll definitely help. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, and Luke can come help us out. It, it's a, there n- look, it, this is what you and I are doing right now. I mean, this is the best part of what I do with our business. It's amazing to me to sit down and just talk and share Mm -hmm. stories and learn and get to know the people that we're it's a blessing to have the opportunity to do this i would literally do this every single day all day long if if i had the the time and the um, ability to travel and do it but I, i really love these opportunities because this is what hospitality is really all about it's not just it's not just, you know, it, it, part of it is welcoming your guests in here and treating them as if they're in your mm-hmm. home. But it's also building a relationship with your team as if they live in your home and they are your family. Mm-hmm. Who do we love more than anybody in the world? Our, our family, Our you know. But that's the kind of relationship that you're building and those kinds of relationships, you know, the, the byproduct is the great experience for the guests. But this is what you're talking about, building this foundation mm-hmm. of, of things that... um they flow through to a great experience for the guest. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Um, what else has been on your mind lately? <laughs> what, what a question, right? Mm. Let me ask you this. Here's a deep one. This one I heard <laughs> recently. I, I didn't even know how to answer this. So you may not, you may though, cause you're very uh, dialed into this, but how, how is your soul?
1: How's my soul? Wow, that is that is definitely a um couch that with
0: Mm -hmm. you got to a point where you didn't feel and and maybe the soul is a wrong word because maybe what is a soul? But you didn't feel joy at that moment Mm -hmm. when you would have thought and when everybody around you probably thought Van is on top of the world. Yes. Okay. And you've made a commitment in your life to make some change. Where are you now?
1: Deeply, mm-hmm. emotionally. I feel um, a sense of purpose. Um, I feel extremely empowered um, in the in my ability to construct um, the kind of infrastructure and foundation um, to live the kind of life that, that is centered in joy and harmony and balance. Um, this is new. This is new as an immigrant, um, as a gay person, as a as a young person in the workspace. That um, it's really complex. Uh, feeling empowered, it's it's a new feeling for me. Uh, believing that I can create changes in my own personal life for 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 certain product to to be possible, because uh, you know we. I'm I'm so used to <laughs> right. I'm so used to. Um, focus my energy and attention on everyone else and, mm-hmm. and that is a part of survival when, when you yeah. are an immigrant and when you arrive to a mm-hmm. new community for the for, you know by yourself at the age of 12, you learn to um, be nice and be kind and really care for people around you as a way to survive um, I and never thought of it that way And, and, and I never really um, had to. Or I I, I never had the time or the intention of of, of focusing my energy on myself and then feeling like that is important. Um, So this is a really new, uh, great place for me to realize that that me working on my um, health and my balance and my joy um, is equally as important as caring for everyone and everyone else.
0: This has been a cascading thing for you, I think, because, um, well, first of all, this is the whole, you know, the metaphor of, of when you're on the plane and you've got a kid with you, if when the oxygen <laughs> drops, you have to take it for, You know, your, your instinct yes. is to put it on your kid. Yes. I have three kids. That's exactly what I would want to do. And I pray I'm never in that situation. I hope if I ever were, I would know it's actually selfless, not selfish to mm-hmm. take care of yourself so that. You can empower yourself to take care of those that you love. Correct. The instinct is them, 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 and then you, but then you wear yourself down, you're not able to give anymore, and that's only a road to, that's not sustainable, right? Yes. Yeah. You found that, but I say it's cascading because, you know, you mentioned being an immigrant and you mentioned being a gay man, and I was, you know, I think it was like right before we started filming that film that you told me that, you know, that you had publicly come out yes. with that so this was only two or three years ago mm-hmm. tell me about that i didn't know you know what that was a monumental issue in your life to do that so i'm curious what that felt like and what's happened since then and how that because these things it's almost like you talked about removing things like you're almost removing maybe some of these emotional
1: burdens yes
0: right yeah and, and the more you do the more joy you're able to feel is yes. that
1: right absolutely um, and by the
0: way, let me do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, Lauren has been texting me. I want to make sure because we're going to eat a bit of man. Uh,
1: let's see here. I love she's, how live this is. Oh yeah, this is all. No, we
0: did it. That's all right. Um, all right. She may be. Okay, cool. I think she's going to be there. Okay, good. She hasn't been feeling one hundred percent. So, mm. okay. Um, so that was a lot to uh, take and then and then divert us into figuring out when my wife's going to be here for lunch so I apologize
1: but that's a m- really important thing I wanted to ask you about yes um, you know it's uh, it has been a really great journey for me I think my coming out story um, is quite unique because I have been fortunate um, to have such a loving uh, community uh, friends and family and mentors that I I never was really afraid that I would be unloved if it were to come out. I just never got to a place where I myself accepted myself. So it wasn't that other people were not accepting me. It was myself not giving me the permission to be who I am. Um, So I think my process was delayed because of my self-care and self-love, self you know, it, it go along with that theme yeah. of, of caring for myself. I just never needed or, or thought I needed to come out. Um, but what was really important for me uh, over the past few years is that um, I think I have an opportunity to be someone's role model. Um, and I want to make sure that, um, that, you know, people our, our community members especially our um, young ones um, get to see a gay story that is different than what is told on the mainstream media yeah I'm just a normal um, person that believe in this community that work really hard yeah um, for my team and that believe that the world is kind and generous and I'm optimistic and I, I care a lot about different things so that too is a gay story that too is a human story and i think often in this community we you know we like to exaggerate and polarize the narrative that 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 we that that we are telling so i want to make sure that my story it's um it's open and public so that people feel and like this is this is a part of the community too well you um where I
0: where I heard this initially, but it's, it's something I've really come to believe is that there's, there's, there's really two core primary emotions, which are love and fear. Mm-hmm. And what stems from that are all these other emotions, but those are the core. So maybe if you're removing anything that may be driven from fear, you have nothing left but love right so maybe mm-hmm. you didn't come out there was some you, you didn't want to accept it, it but, but when you start asking why but why mm-hmm. but why you probably would get to fear at some yes. point right like if you go the enough levels of why uh so the more of those things that you remove again we talk about subtraction here there's addition by subtraction right you're removing that and allowing mm-hmm. some emotions and feelings and uh parts of your life that are driven from love to to fill the yes path. does that make sense absolutely yeah yeah
1: yeah I think Dr. King spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking about the opposite of love it's not hate but fear you know he, he talked about agape kind of love right yes love that is um, love that is without fear yep um, and I think when we are in the season of love we are in a season of abundance and mm-hmm. the the ability for us to make creative empower choices that based on generosity and kindness are possible but when we exist in a season of fear, we tend to be smaller in how we think about who we are and our capacity in the world, and we tend to be afraid, and we tend to, you know, it's 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 really yeah. a, a a natural process, you know, of 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 seasons and of change, and of of when when animals and when humans are in in the season of abundance, they spring, you know more is coming so we are able to be generous and kind and and sharing right yeah if you're in a season of abundance but when we are afraid that things are dying and things are um then then i think that's when we shrink and then we look after ourselves and not the greater good so i i hope that you know what the season in my life is really living in a season of abundance and hope that 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 good is coming absolutely
0: amen absolutely you know it's funny you mentioned dr king I was sitting here thinking of that as we were talking. So yesterday on the way up here, I had two of my uh, three kids. My wife drove up separately and brought the other, but my 15-year-old daughter and my 12-year-old son. And I uh, I asked them. I said, have you ever heard uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's speech? And they said, yeah, we've heard it in school. And I said, okay, <laughs> what did it mean? Well, mm-hmm. and, and you know what, we're gonna listen. It was on a, um, I was actually listening to a podcast And, um, during that episode, that speech was played, uh, in entirety. And I said, we're going to listen to it again. Just turn your devices off and we're going to listen. And we then talked about, you know, what that meant afterwards. But that, that I've really come to truly understand and respect his approach because this podcast I was listening to, it's couched with, you know, his movements, Started And then it was countered with another philosophy that Mm -hmm. was based more on anger and violence and fear. And it's really, but what truly endured, you know, this was 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. What's endured is, is, is in what is working and has worked and will work is love comes from love. That's it. That's the only way. It's the only way to change. It's the only way to grow and evolve and become better. It's all through love. Every bit
1: of it. I think he really understood um, the power of hope. Yes. Especially um, for communities that, that, that are struggling. I think hope is mm-hmm. the things that feels like breathing that we need. And if we don't have that hope, we will respond to life because of fear. Yes, that, and, and I think what he was able to do during that whole movement is that he... Um, He asked for people to show up for themselves. Yeah. I think he, you know, provide hope in a way that people saw a chance to be hopeful about the future and people show up to D.C. that day for themselves. Well, he even, you
0: know, he even told um, his folks, he said, look, there is we're not going to hate the people that hate us. They often, you know, they've grown up being taught something that it's been reinstilled and, or instilled mm-hmm. and reinforced constantly their entire life. We have to show them a better way we have to educate them and show them a better way. But if we respond in, in kind, you know, nobody wins. I, it's an, it's an amazing, I mean, yeah. he almost had an inhuman ability to withstand all this hate and just rise above it. You know, there's a point where there's, you've just got your natural instincts where you want to fight back you know Mm -hmm. and and push back and he did it's a it's really an amazing story uh it truly is i mean that speech is probably the best speech in american history i I would think um so well listen um wow we've covered a lot of stuff (laughs) man. we talk about joy and dr king and self-care yeah Yeah, but it all comes back i mean this is what it's really all about it's um this in in all of this, this is true in any line of business, but particularly in hospitality, you just have such a uh, responsibility in your community to um, provide a place where people can come and feel at home. They can feel at peace. They can feel safe. They can feel loved. They can feel something special. They can't get anywhere else. Uh, They can feel that they can connect with others. You and your team, at brewery Bavana and at bit amanda just you're doing an amazing job i mean there's there's nobody that comes in here that i've ever talked to that you know hasn't just said there's just something special about being there so um so keep doing what you're doing man
1: thank you yeah I i think they i think they felt hope perhaps i think they felt hope whether
0: they whether they're conscious of it or or not that's what they're feeling so we are gonna we're gonna figure out a way Let's, let's tell these stories. Okay. This is, these stories are awesome. We need, to, we, need to, we need to tell them. You're right because this is, that connection is just, it's authentic, it's real, and it takes that uh, emotional connection that your guests may have, even ones that have been here a lot, mm-hmm. to just a totally different world. Yes. So uh, it makes it so meaningful um, for them and for, for you and for your team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to do that. Let's figure that out. Um, Let's do it. So I th- okay, so I think I think Lauren's uh, like probably parking at this point, and I'm I want we want I want to go enjoy some bit of man. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been there, so we'll call this a wrap, folks. Um, gosh, thank you for listening, and what a cool conversation, Van. Thanks for taking the time to do this, man. This is this is really uh, I don't know how I don't know how to express how I feel right now, but I just feel very thankful and full of joy that we got to do this.
1: Yes, thank you. It's an honor. Absolutely.
0: All right. That's a wrap.